This morning in Acts chapter 1, we read in Acts chapter 1, the former treaties that I have made of Theophilus of all that Jesus began both to do and teach and until the day in which he was taken up after that through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen uh, uh, he had chosen to whom also he showed himself alive and after his passion by many infallible proofs. Uh, that infallible proof is that means they, they were eyewitnesses of the risen Savior. That means they met him, they talked to him, uh, they saw what he did after he got out of the grave. Uh, I imagine some of them was there around there when they put him in the tomb, uh, but now they're saying, hey, this man Jesus is up and walking around. Some, something different about him. Uh, and if something is different about him, uh, and when I come in contact with him, there ought to be something different about you. Amen. Uh, if you have met the Lord Jesus Christ tonight, uh, you ought to be a changed person. You shouldn't be the same. Uh, there be, should be something down inside of you that says, hey, praise God. Infallible proof. Being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining, I like it, speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. We said this morning uh, uh, that God reveals himself, Jesus revealed himself uh, to those that are looking for him. I, I don't see our country looking for God anymore. I don't see our government looking for God anymore. In fact, I'll tell you, there's some churches today that's not even looking for God today. I, I, I tell you this, though. We're looking for God. I'm looking for the things of God. I'm looking for the blessings of God. I'm looking for the power of God in our church tonight. Amen. He reveals himself to those that are looking for him. The question we ought to ask ourselves, are we looking for Jesus? Are you looking for Jesus tonight? We ought to be looking for Jesus. And, and you can tell by how you know that somebody has met this Lord Jesus Christ, uh, their life has been changed. Amen. You're no longer the same. Is your life reflecting that day that you met Jesus Christ? That day that when you came in contact with Him and He took you from that pit of sin and sorrow and frustration and he changed you and set you on high. It, it should reflect in your life that that's who you are tonight. I'm afraid a lot of Christians are not reflecting the true gospel of God. They're reflecting the inner self of what I want to be, what I think I want to be. Oh Lord, where am I going with this? We, we talked about that. We, we, we ought to be seeking God. We also said that uh, he revealed himself to those that are locked up, shut up behind doors. I, I truly believe today that a lot of Christians today have, have just shut the door, uh, uh, shut the door on Christ, shut the door on the church, shut the door on praying, uh, shut the door on reading the Bible. Uh, they just shut the door. They don't want nothing to do with anybody. This country has shut the door on the gospel of Jesus Christ. They don't want to hear it no more. They don't want to be a part of it no more. We talked about how, how teens today uh, uh, go into their rooms and shut the doors and, and mamas and daddies cannot reach them. The preacher can't reach them. But I'm telling you, there is one that can reach you uh, no matter where you go. The disciples turned and went to their homes uh, and they were uh, in the, uh, the assembling themselves in the upper room and, and they shut the door, but Jesus showed up. Amen. 
You may lock yourself up in your room with despair, depression. Jesus can get in. Jesus can get in. I, I, I didn't preach the third point this morning because it had probably been another 30 minutes, and I didn't want to take another 30 minutes. But I like this one more than I did the other two. This one, I, I think that we ought to really, really get a hold of it. And I think if the churches today get a hold of this point, we can make an impact in this country, in our communities, in our states, but also inside our churches tonight. If you turn over to the second chapter of Acts. Verse number one, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. I love that. <laughs> Woo! How'd you like to be sitting in church tonight? <laughs> all of a sudden, a sound came in to hear that you've never heard before, you've never felt before. You say, what is that strange sound? What's going on in here? All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit grumps down on side of you and makes you stand up and say, praise God. All of a sudden, there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the house that we're sitting. And there appeared unto them clothed the tongues like a fire. And it set upon each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you tonight, Lord. We just ask you to be with us, help us, strengthen us, Lord. Just this brief moment, Lord, this point tonight, just want to drive it home to help us to uh, get a hold of you, help us to reach out and grab you more than we've ever done before. Lord, we need to get closer to you today. Uh, we see in this world today, uh, things are going out of control. It's running rampant to sin and immorality and all these things are going on in this world. But we know that you're still in control. Uh, you're still on the throne uh, you haven't been vacated you haven't been uh, uh, voted out but you're still on the throne nothing can happen until you say it happens Lord Lord I'm asking you to fill each and every one of us tonight with the fire of God set us on fire like we've never been set on fire before let our feet dangle in the fire of God known as in the fire of God Lord, just pull out your fire upon our lives tonight that when we leave here, we're changed like we've never been changed before. And we'll give you the glory. We'll give you the honor in all things. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Matthew 3.11 says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and the fire. I find the day that Baptist people are tired, they are scared of having being baptized in the Holy Ghost. Uh, they are scared of being baptized in the fire of God. Uh, we want to push it away. Uh, these other denominations are made Baptists scared of the fire and the anointing of God. Uh, let me just say this. God can anoint you. God can touch you. God can fill you. Amen. We're afraid of the fire tonight. We don't want to get around the fire. 
As a boy, I was in the Boy Scouts, and we used to go out in the woods, uh, and we would make a campfire. You had to watch that campfire. When it was time to go to bed, they'd tell you, hey, make sure your fire is out. They would take water and pour it on your fire and stir the ashes up that there's nothing else. Nothing can catch fire. But I'm telling you here, there's a fire that cannot be quenched. There's a fire that cannot be put out. We're afraid of fires. As long as we can control it, we're all right. As long as I can hold this and say, I got everything under control. I'm in control here. I've got this. I'm not afraid of that. But when that's right there starts getting on to somebody else and it starts moving around inside the church and one person gets touched with the fire and God starts moving, another person gets touched with the fire, you ain't got control no more. It is God that controls the fire then. We're afraid of the fire. We need to get a hold of the fire. Amen. And I'm just saying this, we should not be afraid of something that God said, I will baptize you in. If God said, I'll baptize you in the Holy Spirit and the fire, we ought to be begging for that fire. I wrote down some points and I want to give them to you and then we'll go on home, I hope, if I can. What does the God's fire among us represent? Fire is, it, it validates. It validates. In Hebrews uh, uh, 12 and 29 says, For our God is a consuming fire. God's presence among His people. Listen to me. God's fire among His people. That means you belong to Him. Uh, that means He is controlling you. Uh, His fire is a consuming fire. If you bark in the Spirit of God, you're baptizing the fire of God. That means you belong to Him. Uh, that means you can't be taken from Him. He got you. He's he is you. And you are Him. But we get cold and indifferent from God. We don't want to feel the fire no more. I, I, I'm telling you, I, I've been to some churches, they try to manifest the fire by themselves. They try to stoke the fire themselves, and it can't be done. It can't be done. If it ain't God's fire, you can't stoke it. You, you, you should try to pull on some gas on that to burn a little bit. To, you might try to throw a little kitchen on there to try to get it burning more. But if it ain't the fire of God, it will go out. It, it, it validates who you are when you're baptized in the fire of God. Fire produces maturity. Purity. Malachi 3 and 2, but... The, but who is able to the day of his coming and who shall stand with his appearance for he is like a refiner of fire and like a fuller's brush. He's a refiner. Fire will also destroy the spiritual dullness among God's people. Mm. <clears throat> Let me say that again. And I'll say it slowly so if you need to write it down or listen to it real closely. God's fire 
does away with the spiritual dullness in a Christian. How do we get dull? How, how, how do we become dull in God? How do we get so that the fire, we're not feeling the fire, we don't have the presence, the power of God in life? How do we get to that point? Because we fill ourselves up with the junk of this world. We come in the church and we haven't been what we spoke. I'll get to this in a minute. We, we, we come in the church. We haven't done what we needed to do in order to have God to bless us when we get to church. We come to church and we sit down in the pew and say, Lord, bless me if you can. Move me if you can. You ain't, you're not looking for him. You're trying to get him to move you. But let me tell you what, you start looking for him and he'll set you on fire. Amen. We don't come in looking for God no more. It, it, it produces that purity in your life. It gets that stuff out of it that you don't need to be in it. And, and the fire it, it instills deep passion of Christ. As that deer panted for the water of the brooks, so my soul panted for you, O oh God. That, that passion that fire can bring into your life and we all need that passion. We all need that fire in our life to bring that passion back into us, reminding us who we are and where we're going. Can I say, let me say this. I'm going to Psalms here in a minute. I'm just trying to work my way there. Can I say this, fire begets fire? Y'all understand what I'm talking about? Fire begets fire. If one person gets on fire, it starts to spread. It's just, it's just like a campfire. If you don't watch and you don't guard it, it can consume a lot of stuff. It can get caught out in a lot of stuff. It can burn up a lot of woods. We've seen it. That fire in Canada up there is just burning out of control. They can't stop it. That's what God's fire should be too. That, that's exactly the way God's fire should be. Someone gets on fire. Someone gets filled with the Spirit. And it starts falling over on everybody else in the church. I understand some of us say, I, I'm not like that. I, I, I'm not like that. I don't, I, don't, I don't get excited about anything. Well, you got excited about your first grandchild, didn't you? <laughs> Woo! Got excited about your first date, didn't you? Amen. We get excited about a lot of things. But we don't get excited about the right thing. The right thing. I get a new car. Ooh, I get excited. You're going to heaven, yeah. That's, that's the way we are. That's the way we are. That fire ought to spread. And let me just say this. If it starts in one church, it starts in one person, it can spread throughout the community. And if it spreads to other churches, and other churches start getting on fire, we can make a difference in this community. We can make a difference in this country. We can make a difference worldwide because God's people are on fire. Can I tell you that everybody else is in this world is on fire for their cause? And we sit down and say nothing about our cause. Yep. Come on. 
Psalms 84. Psalms 84. I want to give you three ways to put fire back in our worship. Three ways to get fire back in our worship. And I think we all get a hold of this and we all uh, feel this. It will help us to be what we need to be. To help us in the time that we need to be on fire for God more than ever. I, I believe it truly, I believe with all my heart, we need to be on fire for God more today than we've ever been before. Because the signs of the times are here. We need to be on fire. Three things that help you to get the fire back in your life. And fire, especially in our worship. Because if you get the fire back in our worship, that starts to spread. That starts to spread. And that's where God wants his fire at, is in the worship of him. Amen. How amiable, or how lovely, are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts. My soul longeth, yea, even faint for the courts of the Lord. My heart, my flesh, cry out for the living God. Yea, the sparrow hath found a house, and the sparrow a nest for herself, where she lay her young, even thine altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are they that dwell in the house, they will be still praising thee. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, and whose heart are the ways of them, who is passing through the valley of Becca. Make it well. The rain also filleth the pools. They go from strength to strength. Every one of them in the Zion appear before God. O God, O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob, Selah. Behold, O God, I shield and look up from the face of thy anointed. For days in the court is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper. Listen to this. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than to dwell in the tent of the wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will be without from them that walk uprightly. For the Lord God is the sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will be withheld from them that walk uprightly. I thought I'd get a lot more amens in there than I thought it would have. Let me try it one more time. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield, and the Lord will give grace and glory to no good thing will be withheld from them that up, walk uprightly. Amen. amen. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusted in thee. Sometimes congregation worship can be just be downright cold and lifeless. Therefore, in an attempt to revive their dead services, uh, many churches have changed the, uh, the worship style. They're introducing different types of music. Uh, they're introducing different types of light shows. Uh, they're even changing the singers. They're changing the preachers. They're trying to introduce something to lively up the spirit inside of a dead church. Changing things don't make it better. Getting new songs don't make it better. 
you may get a new preacher and that may make it better. The only truly way to get the fire back into your worship, the only true way to get the fire back into the house of God must first come into our hearts. I cannot kindle you. I cannot poke and prod you. If you don't have the fire in your heart, I can't place it there. If you don't have a fire in your heart, you can't go down to Walmart and buy you one. The only place and you get the fire into your life and in your heart, it's going to have to be at the altar. You're going to have to get to the altar and beg God, plead with God, put the fire back in my life. I know some of us has felt the fire of God. I've been witnessing the fire of God. I've seen what God can do when the house of God is on fire. Some of us have been in that place, but some of us have never been there. We're cold, dead, indifference. We don't understand. Let me just tell you. The fire of God must first start in your heart. My heart. We come together in one mind, one heart, in accordance. And the fire of God bring it inside of us and it makes the worship service seem a whole lot better. The songs seem to start singing better. The singers sing better. The preacher starts preaching better. The fire of God is resting on every one of us. But you must have the fire in your heart. You cannot wait till you get to the church and have somebody to well, look, can you light my fire? I can't light your fire for you. You can't light mine. I mean, songs do move us. I understand that. I love a singing. It does move us. And sometimes the preaching really gets me going good. But I can't light a fire. That must come from God. Three things that you and I must do in order to get the fire back into our worship. God reveals the fire of himself to those that are hungry. He said in verse 1 through 3, How admirable how, that time I was, O Lord host. My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart, my flesh crieth out for the living God. Yea, the sparrows have found a house, and the swallows uh, a nest for herself, where she may lay her young. Even thy altars, O Lord, of hosts, my king and my God. The psalmist had an appetite for God. He had a hunger for God. God is clearly seen in the words. He longs, he faints, he's crying out for him. Everyone has a hunger within them. A hunger for compassion, community, for involvement. Others have a hunger for perspective, knowledge, understanding of the world that's around them. Still some possess a gnawing hunger of emptiness, restlessness, that gut feeling that something is missing in their lives. The one, the one reason our public worship can at times be cold and lifeless is because we have a ruined our appetites. We fill it up with the things of this world the things of this flesh. 
We fill up on junk food. And I'm talking about spiritually, not filling up on junk food. A lot of us do that anyway. But I'm talking about spiritually. We fill ourselves up with the junk of this world. And, and then when we come to the house of God, there's no hunger, there's no desire for God because we're filled, we're ready to take a nap. That's the best place people find to take a nap is in church. Why? Because they got the church full with all the things they, they ate off the world. And they can come to church and tune out the preaching and fall asleep because they have a hunger for something other than God. God reveals himself to those that have a hunger and desire for him. Amen. I don't know what you come to church for this morning or what you came to church for tonight, but I come with a hunger to find God. I came with a hunger to find the presence of God. I came with a hunger to see the power of God. I want to see the movement of God. I want to see people get excited about what God has done in their life and what God has done in this church. People ought to get excited about it. I want to see that hunger in our lives again. Amen. We're not seeing it no more. We don't see it anymore. When God's people of old were consumed with idols and wicked things, they would do something simply as dramatic as they would fast. They would fast. Therefore also now said the Lord, turn ye even to, the, to me and all your hearts with all fasting, with weeping and in mourning, and rent your hearts, not your garments, but your hearts. And turning to the Lord, your God, for the gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness and repent him of the evil. That's from Joel chapter 2. He, he don't rent your clothes, he said. Rent your heart. It's got to start with your heart. If you don't have a hunger in your heart, you're going to go empty spiritually. So God reveals himself to those that has a hunger in their life for him. Amen. Can I say this? God also reveals himself to those that come prepared. Oh, 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 oh. Let's say that again. I expect some shouting going on. God reveals himself to those that come Looking, seeking, finding, wanting, desiring. Those that come prepared. God said, I will show up. I'll reveal myself to him. I'll fill you with this fire. He said, I will find you if you have prepared yourself. Verse 5. Blessed is the man whose strength is in these and whose heart are the ways of them. Who passing from the valley of Baca made it well, the rain also filled the post. Fools. They go strength to strength, every one of them, and the Zion appeared before God. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Selah. Worshippers have to prepare their hearts. When worship is prepared their hearts, they strengthen their hearts and those that are around them. L listen to what I'm about to say. Listen, please, what I'm about to say. Write it down. Put it in your heart. Public worship is only manifestation of private worship. Oh, I thought somebody would just shout and run the road out there. 
Come on. <laughs> your public worship is a reflection of your private worship. Your public worship is nothing but a manifestation of your private worship. See, that's where we're at. That's where we're at. You can tell how people worship because their, 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 their private worship is the same way. I, let me ask you this question. Now, y'all know I like to mow. I can get it really in contact with God while I'm mowing. In fact, if starting now, I've figured out if I'm getting stuck on the scriptures or getting stuck on a message, I'm just going to get on my lawnmower right around because it comes to me. How many of you have been out by yourself and all of a sudden God just showed up? And you just start acting crazy. I mean, you down there talking to the trees, talking to the butterflies, squirrels running around, rabbits running around. How y'all doing today? God's creatures, you're just doing great. I want y'all to sit right here and listen to me tell you about the plan of God, everything God. God created you. He created all these things right God created me, and you're just having a wonderful time. And then you turn around and make sure ain't nobody seeing you. I've gone down the road in a car, and I've got all kinds of pretty signs from those that try to get by me, and I'm just having a wonderful time. <laughs> I'm in my public worship, and I, I'm just letting it go, and everybody's giving me those, uh, you know, those uh, friendly signs they throw up at you all the time. Yeah, I'm number one, all right. <laughs> but but when you when you prepare your heart, that 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 public uh, worship is only a reflection of what you how you worship in private. It is how you doing in private. What are you and God doing when you're by yourself? What are you and God doing in your home? Is God present in your home? Are you seeking God in your house? Are you saying, God, I, I want you to fill my house, fill my children, fill my life, fill my husband, fill my wife. God, I want you here. And when you start worshiping there in that private sector, that's when your public worship becomes Ooh. That's when you can step out in public and say, I don't care what I've been called a nut. Church down there in Georgia said, Boy, that comes that nut. And they're holiness. They were Pentecostal. They are they they're out there. And they said, Boy, you a nut. You ain't seen nobody like you. And they, they even asked me, they called me Baptocostal. So you sure you Baptist, brother? I'm 100%. You cut me, I'm going to bleed Baptist. But I'm just filled with the Spirit of God. I'm filled with the fire of God. You ain't got to be Pentecostal to be filled with the Spirit of God. You ain't. Some Methodists need to get a hold of it. Some Presbyterians need to really get a hold of it. Catholics really need to get a hold of it. But you ain't got to be a certain denomination. Anybody can be filled with the Spirit of God. If you want to be filled with the Spirit of God and the fire of God. Amen. Amen. Just because we're Baptists and free will Baptists doesn't mean, hey, be afraid of that. No, don't be afraid of it. I, I say don't be afraid of it, but I'm saying you embrace it. You've got the fire of God in your life. You've got something going on. 
it will change you. We see that God reveals himself to those that come hungry, uh, wanting something. He reveals himself to those who come prepared. Don't wait to get to church and then start seeking God. You've got a house. I'm sure if you ain't, you need to go home and make you an altar of prayer. And that's the first thing place you need to be at in the morning, especially on Sunday morning. Hit your altar of prayer in your closet and you say, Lord, fill me now. Don't wait till I get to church. Because if I wait till I get to the church, I might not get filled. Wouldn't it be great if everybody came to church next Sunday filled with the Spirit of God and on fire for God? Because we've done what we're supposed to do. We got ourselves prepared. Our hearts were prepared. Amen. Said Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. Come let us consider one another provoke unto love and good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as manner of some. But exhorting one another so much the more as you see the day approaching. It's, it's hard to stir up love and good works in others when we haven't prepared our hearts ourselves. To put the fire back in our public worship, come prepared, engaging in private worship. Monday through Saturday, sing the songs. You've got songs in your heart, put them in your heart. Read God's word. Put it in your heart. Pray to God. Honor Jesus. Stand in awe of him and his work and his fellowship with, with his saints. Doing these things when we're not together will help prepare our hearts when we come to church together. We need it back in our worship today. Come hungry. Come prepared. This one, verse 9, Behold God our shield, and look upon the face of thy anointed. For a day in thy court is better than a thousand. I have rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wickedness. For the Lord God is a sum of shield, and the Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will be withhold from them that walk upright. I just can't get away from that. Man, O oh, Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusted in thee. Come hungry. Come prepared. I know y'all not going to like this one. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pack up and get ready to head to the door. Y'all might shoot me. Come hungry. Come prepared. You know, you can tell somebody how their weekend went by you looking at their face when they walk through the door. Yeah. Or just to ride over here how things went. I'm hungry. Come prepared. Let's see. 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 Let's see
Come excited. Come excited. Throughout Psalms 84, the psalmist is all excited about the house of God, the people of God, the things of God. And, and I can't get away from that. It says, no good thing will be whole from those that walk uprightness. He's saying, hey, if I serve God, I'm, I'm excited about God. I've come hungry. I, I came prepared. I, I'm excited about what God can do. I'm, I told you this morning, uh, Mary, how she would be like some of the Marys in here. They stand up and we have altar call. And they're standing and watching and waiting and says, I, I think God's about ready to move over there. I want to get a little closer to the fire. I think God's getting ready to move over here. I want to get a little closer to the fire. Reason why we're trying to get closer to the fire because I want the fire to jump off on me. I want to get excited about what God is doing in my life. I want to get excited what God is doing in this church. Amen. Come to church. If you want the fire back in your life, and, I, and, I, and I'm just saying this, as a child of God, you should desire the fire of God in your life. Amen. Amen. You, you come to church and that tells me, well, you love God, but we need to take it another step further. If you come hungry and prepare yourself before you get here, and on your way here, start thinking about, oh, what, what will God do today? <laughs> what will God do? I, I just pray God show up and show out. Get us all excited about being in the house of God. When you, when you get excited about it, then nobody wants to leave. They hang around and talk about what God has just done. Amen. Amen. One of Mary's in the church that says, you know what? I've seen what he's did in my life. And I'm not going to leave. Because this is not the end. This is not the end. And I'm telling you right now, this is not the end right here. This is not the end. God can take care of it. God can take care of all things. 